Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Geek Wave. This is the low-budget show. It's the show so low, it has no budget. It's that time of year where things are going to slow down. We got two more episodes to do this year. We have this one, which I've been planning to do literally since the start of The Geek Wave. I knew once we went back into movie theaters, I was going to talk about the experience and how I disliked theaters for a bit and kind of like coming back to them. That was always something I wanted to talk about. Then, right on New Year's, like the final day of 2021, we'll have the Geek Wave where I do my top 10. I look at my top 10 movies, films, comic books, and superheroes of the year. I think that's going to be fun for a lot of people. I am super excited to talk about that one. But before that, we do have this episode to get through. And there was a lot of news to compile on, and I figured, you know, it could be a shorter video depending on how much I go in depth on my theater experience. So I picked up a lot of pieces of news, more than I think we've done before. Not a lot more, just enough where it's like, yeah, there's some here. And it's not in any order. Some of the stuff I'm like, yeah, I guess I could talk about that. So I just throw it on the list. Amandla Steinberg who is a actress who appeared in the Hunger Games. She was Rue, I believe, or I should say they were Rue, has been, I guess, is in talks to star as the lead in the Star Wars The Acolyte series, which is set in the High Republic era. It has no other really, nothing really else attached to it. It's kind of cool. But I was curious to talk about this mainly because there was a huge kerfuffle on Twitter when this news was announced because film, you could say, yeah, blogger, the pundit man who made this all possible, John Campio, was like, I'm not going to talk about this news in case I mess up the she and they pronouns. I'm like, dude, I literally just did it when we started doing this topic. Grow the fuck up. It's a person either way. It's not hard to get them wrong. And she's comfortable with either pronunciation, so they are fine with how you say it. I just said them both there again. Again, I apologize. I literally went into this like, I'm just going to keep calling them they. I feel bad I messed it up so many times now, but I think they're talented, and I'd like to see what they can do in this performance. We don't know what the role's going to be, but I have to imagine it's going to be connected to a character we've already seen in the High Republic era. Now, it's right at the end of the High Republic, so could it be... I don't, I'm trying to think of a character we have announced that it could be. I know, like, it's maybe somebody related to Bell Zetafar, because he'd be... We could get an older actor to play Bell, actually, in that era. Kind of cool. So, Amadla Steinberg. Cool. I hope they do good on this project. They are casting it. I think that they would be fun to see in here. Always nice to see young talent getting a big break like this, especially when it's an outside-the-box choice. So I seriously enjoy what that could be, and I think it's going to be something really fun to look at. So very exciting. Very exciting. Now, this one was a little bit of like, oh, this is going to be a fun conversation for a second. Patty Jenkins is no longer going to be directing the Cleopatra film that stars Gal Gadot as the titular role of Cleopatra. So... I was really interested in what that could be. I I remember we even talked about the Cleopatra movie on here before, but this is kind of funny to me, mainly because she just lost her Star Wars movie too. They put it on hiatus or indirectly postponed it forever. This is funny to me for one main reason, and that reason is you made one really weird movie where a girl rapes a guy in another man's body, Wonder Woman 84, for those of you who don't know, And now you're never getting another film again. 
you'll do Wonder Woman 3, but that's it for you, babe. You will never do this again. I'm just like, that is so tragic, but you really went for the choices with that film and they don't pay off. They are just weird choices you made in Wonder Woman 84. I think it's a fine film because I'm a Richard Donner fan, but man, is it weird. And the fact that in canon, and and just with like everything Star Wars does, you lose the project because you make a bad one. Josh Trank, Lord and Miller, who's the other, I think somebody else lost it. Johnson might not make his, who knows, but it's weird, man. Oh, Patty Jenkins. But I guess they're still making a Cleopatra film. They have a new director attached. I think that's just, it's just so weird to me. Like what an awkward situation to be in because you made something bad. Now, speaking of making something bad, I had to talk about this because it's utterly fascinating to me. Cowboy Bebop, the show that was toyed by Netflix as being their big thing. It has been canceled only after being on air for less than a fucking month. I hate when they do this. It is so painful as a creative type, as a like a reviewer and a critic, just to see them squander this. Like I did not enjoy Cowboy Bebop, but holy hell, why are you canceling these things right after they come out? Because they don't initially do gangbusters numbers that you need them to. It is so painful. It is so annoying. And it's every reason I hate Netflix. I I talked about this numerous times before. They are literally will pump all this money into one thing. If we don't immediately get our gross return on it, fuck that thing. Instead of letting something find its audience or have legs, it's just just like sudden reaction. If it's not in the popular zeitgeist, by the time it drops, it's irrelevant and it's not doing anything for us. I hate this business model. I hate the way they do business at Netflix. They let things die. Jupiter's Legacy was the same thing. It's out for... Uh, maybe two weeks before they're like nope we're done fuck off it's amazing we got a second season of the witcher oh my goodness what a fucking joke what a fucking i just i am so pissed off that netflix just does this because i am so worried now for the sad man this thing that neil gaiman has been trying to make forever get it perfectly right they're gonna screw it up you just know they are because they're Netflix and they're going to miss the point and it's going to be terrible. And I am not ready for this kind of loss. I am so let down by this news. It hurts. It sucks. I hate the way they do this stuff. Cowboy Bebop was not my thing. But damn it. Why do you have to cancel things so early? Like, try. Let it grow. Let it find the audience that it's interested in instead of just being like, nobody's talking about it this week. It's all about Hawkeye. Please release your fucking shit weekly, Netflix. You're going to get more people interested. Like, do you remember when that sex education was big for two days? That's all anybody talked about. And now nobody's talking about sex education. But we're still talking about Hawkeye and it's been a month. Seriously, dude. Get it together. I'm just so... I'm tired. I hate Netflix. We will be reviewing The Witcher at some point. So there's that to look forward to. Speaking of The Witcher, I guess whatever, it's a video game too. I know it's a book, but shut up. Halo is getting a TV series and we got our first look and it's Halo. I've played the games passingly through just knowing people that have it. I don't own an Xbox. I'm a PlayStation guy. I don't give a shit, but I'm going to watch it. Because it's Halo, and it looks like there's money behind it. I just hope it's The Witcher. I have my problems with The Witcher show, but I just hope this is The Witcher, where it's like, 
Make it about Master Chief. We don't need to see the experience of the world. Just put him in the title and fucking make it golden. That's all you need to do. It looks fine. Don't do anything else with it. You seriously just won the world over with that idea. You sold it. You made it work. Now, this was something, of course, it was inevitable, so we are going to be talking about it. Dustin Daniel Cretton, who directed Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, tapped on for the sequel and a spinoff show on Disney+. Plus. We already know that uh, Zay Ling is getting a Ten Rings show. That was, like, rumored for a bit, though so I'm going to assume that's the show he's going to work on. This was bound to happen. Shang-Chi is going to be their flagship title now, considering all the bullshit with, you know, Spider-Man and Black Panther. It was inevitable that they would go this route. I think it works. I I really liked that movie. There was something special about it. It does get formulaic at times, but that is the trope of the genre. And if you can't accept that, it sucks. And I do accept it. And there's times when the formula works and there's time when the formula doesn't work. But this is the time where I'm like, yep, it worked. You you literally turned this into a Shakespearean tragedy. I would like to see a follow-up to this. I'll get hate for it, but get Finn Jones in there and call it the... Shang-Chi in the seven capitals of the cities, the seven cities of heaven or something. Call it that. Get Finn Jones's Iron Fist. Let him act. And if he's going to be a bitch and not do the fight choreography, don't bring him back. But you could definitely use him as the gateway into these other worlds. I'd say give us like the Bride of Nine Spiders. Give us Dog Brother. Give us Fat Cobra. Give us Danny Rand Iron Fist. Give us Steel Serpent. Shang-Chi doesn't have that many notable villains. Like, like Leku Wu would be cool. Maybe he can work for MI6 a bit. That'd be fun. She's coming. I know she's coming. Because she's cool and she's awesome and sexy and fun. So, with Shang-Chi getting a sequel, there's another show coming to the CW that's also very interesting to hear. Gotham Knights. Because we can do everything on television except Batman. We could do young Bruce Wayne. We could do Alfred Pennyworth. We could do Batwoman. We could do Batgirl and Dick Grayson on Titans. We can do everything except Batman himself. Why? Who the hell knows? But I guess, like, Bruce Wayne's dead. Long live his kids. Like, what the hell? Why can't we just do a bat? Just, are you telling me? Are you telling me? If we didn't do an eight-episode detective story of Batman just fighting one villain over eight episodes, it wouldn't work? It would. God, it would work so much better than a movie would. I just don't understand why we can't just do Batman. Even a CW budget Batman's better than just, you know, Pattinson on screen. Give me more Batman everywhere. Make them good. Okay, goodness. So, I don't care. It's kind of, I guess it's exciting. It's it's interesting. It's a choice to make. But whatever. It could be good. It could be bad. It's something we're going to have to live with, isn't it? And our final piece of news is a trailer we got for a new movie from A24 starring Michelle Yeoh. You are, oh, I had to talk about this. Everything, everywhere, all at once. We are in the era I've been saying this forever. The multiversal arms race is upon us. Grab your guns, head to your nearest multiversal portal, and go fight yourself in a toupee. This is where we are now. But if we're going to enter a world with the multiverse, give us some indie stuff with it. Everything and Everywhere All at Once is an independent film. 
about a woman who can enter her multiversal counterpart's lives and she learns to be a badass fighter because of it. This is the best trailer I think I've seen this year. There's been some good trailers, but holy shit, that just this just sold me on a concept. It's the perfect amount of blockbuster and schlocky for me. It's the perfect amount of kung fu inspiration. James Wong is in this. Like, what the hell? You got me Lopan in this? Yes, please, babe. I love it. I think this looked incredible. The fight scene looked great. The action was cool. The characterization of the lead is awesome. Everything, everything about this was incredibly fun. I adore it. So everything, everywhere, all at once. I think this is going to be the sleeper hit of the year. I cannot wait to see it. It comes out March, I think, is when it said. That oh, that looks so good. Just like the different interpretations, the different style of camera work. It's special. Give me special stuff. I think Daniels was directing this. Yes, please, babe. I am on board for everything this is doing. And Michelle Yo, a woman who is older, leading an action franchise. If Keanu Reeves can do it, so can this beautiful goddess. So I'm on board for whatever this is. Thank you, Shang-Chi, for making her a lead again. I love you, and I love this idea. So everything, everywhere, all at once, awesome stuff. And that's it for the news. Isn't that all great? I think it all sounds great. So when we come back from the break, let's talk about movie theaters. We had a year-long hiatus. What was it like after that? Stay tuned for more. Same bat time, same bat channel. So pretty much since I started doing the Geek Wave, I knew at some point I wanted to talk about the movie theater experience. Because I there's always something I'm fascinated by, this the concept of going to a cinema. I am under the impression, it's something I've always said. You know, since I've been a functioning adult and I've been able to do things like this for myself and think about these things in a mature way, going to the cinema, going to your local theater should be treated the same way as going to like a stage play, an auditorium where you're hearing like a piece of, you know, music and that kind of thing. It should be a nice experience. It should be something fun and engaging and you are just there to enjoy what is happening it is not something that should be taken as just something you do. It's kind of like, I say it's like you're going to see Phantom of the Opera. You're watching a, a huge production, a sweeping epic. You're not going to, you know, like a, a rock concert where there's a mosh pit. You're not screaming or shouting or just like physically engaging in what's going on. You are watching something happen in front of you as opposed to being immersed in that experience and that's a controversial opinion I know it is I've talked about it a while back like show some respect when you're at the cinema I did a video on that I stand by what I say and one of the things that I I think really gets overlooked from pretty much the conception of the modern cinema with the blockbuster and everything is just the nonchalant nature that some people bring to it which I know it sounds like I'm being an asshole when I talk about this stuff, which I get it. I'm asking a lot of an audience that isn't there to be as submersive or, you know, just well-versed as I am on this topic. But I don't think it's a lot to ask to show some respect at your local cinema, to show some respect to the, you know, the casting crew that work there, the people behind the scenes and everything like that. You are going out and spending your own money 
to do this thing, why don't you just relax, try to enjoy the moment, take in the quiet scenery of the thing, and just enjoy it. There's a reason they're soundproof rooms, is all I'm saying. It's to keep that inside. You are literally leaving everything else around you. You know, your, your personal baggage, your, your communication skills with the people in there. Just take a moment and step back. And when I talk about this, it's kind of in context to pre-pandemic stuff. Like, I, I wanted to do this because it's been a while since the cinemas were open. You know, we had the pandemic and we're going into our third wave of Omicron here or fourth wave, whatever you look at stuff. And I'm not going to make this about, you know, vaccinated or anything. It's not going to get too political. I'm just going to say there is a huge chance at the time of this recording, a lot of cinemas are going to close again, which really sucks because I feel like we're finally getting ourselves back into what cinema needs to be. And it's really, it's really sad that we're going to lose that again. But we had a break. There was a, a hiatus, worldwide hiatus, pretty much, where cinemas were closed. Now, where I live, they were closed for about roughly a year. It was, it's kind of like 11 months or anything. So kind of like before everything closed, the last film I actually saw in theaters was Tenet, which is that new Christopher Nolan one that I really didn't enjoy. And it's weird that by the time that came out, he's already working on his next one of Oppenheimer, and we're still in the midst of a pandemic. We could actually get two Christopher Nolan releases within the span of one global pandemic, which is insane to think. So that's the last one I saw. Then theaters closed. I don't think I went back till In the Heights, which that's about a year-long break. And in that time, I, I kind of went through like a, a renaissance or just like a change in my notion. So pre-pandemic, and I've talked about this a lot, I was not a fan of the theater experience. When, when I went to the cinema, I kind of had this like sense of just like, okay, I want to watch this film so badly, but I think all the outside forces are affecting my view going into this. I'm not going to talk shit about like either the theater chains or anything where I live, but the big one is Cineplex where I'm from, and there's a couple other smaller ones that are further away from where I live. Cineplex is very interesting to me. So there was like this deal that was going through like a couple years ago where Cineworld, where, oh, like the, the big European distribution was going to buy Cineplex out. We're going to change it to Cineworld. They dropped that. There's a lawsuit that went into play. Cineworld sent Cineplex a bunch of money. I wish we got bought out by Cineworld. I kind of do just because I, I think they could have just added some prestige to it. But I think in the midst of that, Cineplex hit some interesting things. But before that, I, I've always said this. It's something that I, I really do want to specify because, again, I don't want to sound like a, like a prude or an asshole here. I don't like going to theaters with a bunch of people. I've talked about this before. What my favorite times going to films. I love going to theaters with, you know, like my family or some friends and stuff like that. I am not the guy that's going with a large group of people. I've always said, and I even said this to my family, I cap off at five. If we do any more than five people, I want to sit elsewhere. I don't want to be involved in like a large group trying to talk over each other or share snacks. That's another thing. This this might just be me Lara Davying for a second. It's just like, why are you talking like you're from Curb Your Enthusiasm here? I hate sharing snacks at a theater because you don't have to reach over me to ask for something or you just like, just grab your shit and sit down. The, just the theater experience, I think, is just become this thing where it's no longer just prestigious where it's like oh man we're gonna go to our local theater it's just gonna be for auteurs and people who are so interested in this it's just like 
We got time to kill. Why don't we go see the latest film? And that attitude really affects the, the, the feeling inside the theater. And, you know, it, it could be anything. There's just people who don't normally go out. Like, I, I talked about this too, and I, I'm going to kind of talk about it more when I get to my actual th- films that I saw this year. When I went to see The Eyes of Tammy Faye, there was clearly this religious couple that was there that didn't go out to theaters much. So they're talking about what they're seeing on screen openly to each other, which I I, I can't be mad at them just because clearly these people don't see movies. And I'm just like, you don't do this at a like a opera. You don't do this when you're listening to like poetry be read to you or you're watching a production of a play. Treat it with the same respect because it's not live. There's kind of like this idea where it's like, oh yeah, we all, we, we can just let it happen. I'm like, just shut up and focus on what you're seeing. I, that stuff always just bothered me. And I think you see it more and more with groups of young people that go to see these films. Like I utterly have a disdain for young people under the age of, I'm going to say 18, going in large groups to films because you half of them don't want to be there. So there's this already energy where it's like, can we just leave? The other half are either too interested and get mad when the other people are talking over. And then there's just the sense of like, you want to be rowdy with each other. So why would you go to some place where it's important that you be quiet? That stuff just always bothers me. So I don't like going to the theater. <laughs> I do it because I want to support the arts. And occasionally... You have a rare gem where everything just works for you. Everything just perfectly works. Like, I think in the past couple of years, pre-pandemic, some of my favorite experiences going to the theater were when I went to see The Lighthouse, that Robert Edgar's film. That was really fun. I enjoyed when I saw, oh, what's the Shape of Water was really cool. There was one, three billboards. No, there's one. I remember there's this one where I was just like, this is so good. Shazam, yes. When I saw Shazam, that was impressive to me. I really enjoyed seeing Shazam. That was a fun experience. And then there's other ones where you're just like, oh my God, like why are people here? What is the point of having all these people here? The vibe is just off or that kind of stuff. And it's kind of hard. And and something I've always tried to talk about too is that theaters need to be for people who want to see a film. It's not for the casual moviegoer. And I know that sounds bad, but we've kind of entered this world where everything's being rebooted and remade and suddenly things are put into a different perspective, which I don't like because it just suddenly becomes the casual thing again. And I don't like the idea that theaters are casual. So pre-pandemic, my thoughts on the movie theater experience was this is a chore. People don't want to be here, but they are here for some reason. It's crowded. It's not going great. It's overpriced. That's just the theater experience. Again, it's like that thing where, you know that bit in Seinfeld where George is like, they've never changed toilet paper since I've been alive. That's the movie theater experience to me. It's like, we've just become accustomed to the way a theater is supposed to operate, that we've never really tried to change things or do anything different. Now, one of the things I will give credit to when it comes to Cineplex is they created their VIP theaters. Now, if you don't know what that is, and maybe elsewhere in the world, like in America or overseas, you know something similar to this. So basically here in Canada, because this is where I know it from, the VIP theater is overly priced tickets. It's more money, but it's an 18 plus audience. There is in-seat dining. So they will come to you and you can pay for your food there and they will bring it to you. It is a dining lounge. You can order drinks and have a meal before you actually go in. 
better seats, less people involved. It's a good experience. And when it when I can, I do try to go to those because I'm paying the extra money for an experience that I want to be a part of. And that's kind of what I like. So pre-pandemic, that was something I always looked for. I'm like, can I do the VIP thing here? Because again, I don't need a bunch of kids watching movies with me. Even if it's just like, you know, a blockbuster, I get it. I get it. It's fine. So that was kind of just like one thing pre-pandemic that I really enjoyed about like going to the theater. Then we had our year-long break. And in between that, movies came to streaming, things were released on different services, and this idea kind of changed because we had some auteurs being like, this is cinema, we should go back to the theaters. And I'm like, okay, first off, when you have people like Tarantino, Christopher Nolan, Denis Villeneuve talking about going back to theaters, they are not going to the same theaters as us, okay? They are going to these private screenings that they have, where they have these big fucking rooms and they're with their friends and family, and these people that actually want to be there, not just these casual plebs showing up. And that is just so bothersome to me. Tarantino owns a theater. So when he's talking about like cinema belongs in the theater, I'm like, yes, because the one you met, the one you own only shows films you want to run. And the people that are going to see them are the only people that want to be there. And I just, when these auteurs are talking about like, we have to see our films in the cinema, I'm like, you don't want your fucking fans to see these in cinema because it's going to be surrounded by people that don't get it or don't want to be there. Basically, what you're saying is I want to sit in a big theater of people that adore me and have everything work out for me that sucks and i just i hated that energy especially when you got people like my my movie's gonna save cinema no it's not nothing you make will save cinema and that stuff is just so frustrating i sorry <laughs> so we had our year-long break we come back to the theaters and part of me is like it feels too early but there's the nostalgia cooking in where you're like i I want to see this again. I, it, I've been away for a long time. I want to come back to this world and enjoy it. And I got to say, maybe it's because I was away for a long time and we're still in the midst of a pandemic. I like the theater experience a little more. Now, again, this could easily just be the case of I've become accustomed to the bad stuff and now that I'm back to it, I feel better with it. Or it could be, which I kind of think it is, I really just think things changed because now when we had this big thing happen around the world, you start to put value on the things you want to do. So not everybody is going to see a movie. Not everybody's going to leave their house to go see, you know, the latest musical or the latest film from the Neville Neuve or, you know, Edgar Wright or these guys. Now you're like, we have to prioritize our time and our money and our efficiency. What are we going to do there? Now, it feels like to me, because I was away for some time and I never went back to the theaters, Cineplex itself, my local movie theater chain, put some effort into making things better. They really just like did like the, they handled the vaccination, I think, really well. And I think that worked really well. And one of the other things that I really adore that they did was changing the theater experience. It's wider, wider rooms, wired aisles. They have better seats now. I think they handled, they took this time to really do something special. And that to me is really important to my theater experience. It's like, this was what we were missing. We needed to treat this with a new pastiche that we never really had before. And the fact that they actually took the time, they stepped back and said, how can we change this? You know, I think it worked really well. 
I, I just liked the feeling. Every time I've gone to a theater this year, and I, I've been to, I'm going to say on and off every week since the beginning of July, I've probably seen a movie every week. In the theater, maybe there might be a couple of you know days where I didn't go, but I've consistently been going back to the theater since July. I think it started with In the Heights. That was late June, wasn't it? I can't remember. And then Black Widow really like launched me back into there. But I, I honestly can say I haven't had a bad experience this year. There's been a couple times of people just being crazy or annoying. But every time I went back to the theater, I've had a good time. And maybe I've grown up in the year of the pandemic or maybe it's just because you don't have those rowdy kids showing up anymore. Maybe it's just because the people that want to see the films are the people that are coming. Maybe it's just because things have changed to the point where Cineplex said we can make this experience better. Better seats, better food, better just ideas presented to you. I think all of that just changed the theater experience and has given me more hope for the future. Now, as we talk about the films I did see in theaters, there's going to be some things where I'm like, this ruined it for me. But overall, I think it's been positive. And I'm very happy that it was good stuff because it could have just all been annoying. And it wasn't. There was genuinely positively good stuff that happened this year in cinemas and i i really did like that so that's cool this is what i've been waiting for this is literally what i've wanted for a long time is just to enjoy the cinema again and you know going back is i don't even know how far but since i've been able to think about these things and i've been talking about these things i just know what i'm looking for in a cinema experience And that sometimes changes and that sometimes gets morphed. But overall, just being here post-pandemic, it's opened my eyes to either the changes that were made or maybe I was a little bit of an asshole back then. And again, I think I'm still kind of a dick when it comes to the movie theater experience because I, I have certain expectations. And nowadays, I will be very hesitant to go specific types of people or specific groups or all this stuff. But there's still a lot of good in movies, and I really do enjoy that. So, the movie theater experience has really changed for me, and I've honestly appreciated what's happened. So, that's something I've always endured and I've been a fan of. Now, I didn't know how long this conversation was going to be, so I made a list. I do this every year so I could do my top 10. I made a list of every film I've seen this year. Some of it is not in theater, so I'm going to go through my list and just briefly talk about my movie theater experience seeing these films. This should be everything I saw in theaters because I do make the list about that, but I have no doubt some things are going to be a better uh, you know, topic to talk about, and other things are just going to be like, oh yeah, you went to see Free Guy. Yeah. So, coming back to theaters, the first film I saw was In the Heights, and when I did my review of In the Heights, I said... This reinvigorated my passion for going. It was a fun film. Everything was so energetic and just breathful. And the audience was just eating up the scene that was happening. There was a quiet understanding. And everybody was just enjoying themselves and just encouraging this idea and this fun. It was so pleasant. It was so sweethearted. It's I want more of that kind of experience where you're just like overwhelmed by what you're seeing, but you're just taking it in and you're just all there enjoying this thing in front of you with an emotional story. That is what I really liked. And then, you know, I think the next one I saw in theaters was Black Widow. And yeah, it was fine. I, I 
Black Widow, like, the, the experience itself was, I think, the first time you really felt like, okay, we're trying to get back to the status quo here because when we get to some of the more blockbusters, that's when things get crazy. And that is just when things just get overwhelming. But Black Widow, it was quiet, which I do enjoy. There was this sense of everybody that wanted to see it was here. There was one guy in the theater explaining to his girlfriend or his wife, like, oh, this is the girl from that movie, or this is what happened before that. I'm like, that is just so common with Marvel stuff that I get it. And you just feel like she is obviously here for her man, so I'm not going to complain that she is trying to ask questions. It's just like you can ask these questions after the film because you literally just saw it. So I think the next one after that was Snake Eyes, or Suicide Squad was in there somewhere. Suicide Squad, it's just classic superhero experience, and I'm not always a big fan of that, but I want to kind of save that topic for the end, actually, so we'll get there in a bit. Snake Eyes was, it was fine, actually. You know, like, it felt to me just like going to see a film and not really experiencing anything. So Snake Eyes was just that one where I'm like, okay, this is just, we're slowly, quietly creeping back our way into the stuff I don't like. But then I went to see The Green Knight, and suddenly my passion was reinvigorated. I went with my family. None of them really knew what we were walking into. My brother-in-law actually was the one that enjoyed the film the most next to me because that's exactly what we wanted from The Green Knight. And everyone else was just kind of like, what is happening? <laughs> but that was really fun. I, I really enjoyed my experience at The Green Knight because everyone in the room was just so entranced by what was happening for good or ill I just think that was such a fun and cool experience. And I just, The Green Knight's such a great film. And just being there in a room with people who are just experiencing that was really fun to see. Because when you do that with the next film I saw, Jungle Cruise, which, oh my God, Jungle Cruise is... So the next two films, I should say, the next two films I'm going to talk about, Jungle Cruise and Free Guy, these are everything I hate about filmmaking, where it's not real movies and they're just made because we have these actors and these IP and we're trying to do something special, but it comes across as blatantly annoying. Jungle Cruise sucked, you know, we didn't get good seats and I was just in a room with a bunch of people watching terrible actors have fake chemistry and I just was so bored out of my mind and I just couldn't... The experience just felt claustrophobic to me, and not because it was a crowded theater, just because I'm like, I just can't take this, and it was physically becoming this thing, I'm like, oh my god, we're just here forever, nothing's ever happening, nothing ever changes, this sucks. Free Guy, however, that was a better experience, but it wasn't perfect. It was very much that thing where it's like, out of everything I've talked about so far, Free Guy had that veneer of like the young attitude. So there was a younger audience there. And when, <laughs> oh, when the worst fucking moments of that film, when you see like vloggers and YouTubers and influencers show up, the fucking children lost their goddamn minds. I just, I, I talk about this too. I really hate when a movie needs to push how influencers are important because you can never shove an influencer or a streamer onto a film 
and have it feel authentic. It always feels like this is a popular medium that we could tap into, but it's a different experience. It is a different experience. It is watching a live performer perform. It is not the same as going to a cinema. It is so hard for people to understand this. When you are watching a streamer, you are watching an artist like literally paint, or you're watching like Shakespeare in front of you. It's that kind of thing. You're watching these people react in live time and experience what they are doing. You are not watching somebody just, you know, it's like a like a time lapse video of somebody do that. You were watching, and it's just so frustrating. But these kids loved it, and of course the experience where fucking Reynolds holds up the shield and Chris Evans like, "What the shit?" Got the huge laugh, and everyone's freaking the fuck out. I was gonna throw up because it was just so fucking annoying. I hate that. That is the worst kind of fan service to me, and it was just so frustrating. And I'm gonna talk about it here because I'm not talking about Free Guy anywhere else. God damn, did I fucking hate that movie and that whole experience. Just the worst. So that was something I did want to talk about too. Free guy, yeah, whatever. Then I went to see Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings and it was good. It was a fun experience. Like The crowd was your typical Marvel crowd, but it wasn't as packed or busy. And we were all just like, wow, this is genuinely beautiful and breathtaking. We were experiencing that. The second time I went to see Shang-Chi... There was kind of just like a little bit less of that. It became more of like the casual plebs. But I will say, overall, it was a good experience. After that, I saw The Card Counter with Oscar Isaac. This one, I will say, I think I was the outlier in the theater because you had all like these older couples and these people really excited to be a part of this. And then I was there, just this weird dude, (laughs) just all alone watching like I'm the fucking Joker's origin story here. Like we live in a society that, you know, cool this guy is and I'm going to be like him when I'm older. That I think was just my mistake, but it's a fine movie and the experience was good. I was riveted by it, but at the end of it, I'm like, oh man, this is just taxi driver, isn't it? And it was. So that one I think was funny just because I was the weird one. Malignant was fucking amazing. If you guys haven't seen Malignant, it's one of the best films of the year. Like, that experience is just so visceral, and it's probably the most interesting experience I've had this year, because you have the entire audience just like, what's happening? We're all just kind of like, yeah, this is fine. And then the twist comes, and the turn comes, and you're just like, yes, this is what we wanted, and suddenly everyone's just like gearing up, and we're like, yeah, this is great, and you have people who are like, what the fuck is happening? But those who know what happens in Malignant, you're just like, this is perfect. This is exactly what this needed to be, and damn, was it cool. And after Malignant, I saw The Eyes of Tammy Faye. I already talked about it. I was in a group with like a bunch of religious people who I think were more interested in the ideas talking about preaching and prayer than they were about the actual story about these terrible fucking people. That was a weird experience just because everyone was just clearly not people that normally go to see film. And that was just a cool thing to experience. I really did enjoy that. And Eyes of Tammy Faye is so good. After that, I saw Venom, Let There Be Carnage. That was a weird one just because the room was just so electric in all the wrong ways where everyone just seemed so antsy and you just get the vibe of like, this is this is it. To me, Venom is right where everything comes full circle where blockbusters are making money again and everything is coming together. It's weird. I did not like Venom, but I did like Lamb and the Lamb experience was fun because it was like six other people in the theater with me were all just watching this weird fucking mess of a film and nobody really knows what to do. And then right at the end, <laughs> I'll never forget this. Right at the end of the film, when like the big reveal comes with like why the lamb is the lamb, 
this one guy just looks straight up at the camera and he's like, yo, what the fuck is that? And I was like, yeah, what is happening? This is not the vibe we were going for. I really loved that. And again, it's just that thing where if it's a bunch of kids just screaming throughout the film and then they say that, it comes across as bad. But because this guy was just so interested and he's just so like, what is happening? Yeah, I'll buy it. I will allow that stuff to happen because it, it makes sense to me. So I did enjoy that. After that was No Time to Die, which is a surprisingly good film. And the theater experience was just so decent. It was quiet. It was calm. Everyone was just like, this is it. We're going to experience this together. We're going to have this feeling. It was cool. There was no outbursts. There was no loud moments. It was just everyone like, we're here to see James Bond and we're going to see James Bond. And that was cool. And I think kind of like the same thing with Dune. Dune was another one of those things where the experience was just so nice and everyone's just like, this is what we're doing now. And it worked really well. I did like Dune. And then came The Eternals. <laughs> which, no, well, no, Eternals wasn't next. Last Night in Soho was next, which was an interesting experience. I went by myself to this one. And it was just kind of like, you know, the middle of the day audience where it's just like a bunch of like, uh, yes, okay, yeah, no, this is the one where when I went to it, I was the only man in the audience. That also happened with Spencer, but we'll get to Spencer in a bit here. I was the only man in the audience when I saw Last Night at Soho, and I felt really out of place just because all these people were, like, talking and having, like, just engaging in the pre-show. And then I was just there, like, okay, this is interesting. The experience was fine. I did leave Last Night at Soho just like, okay, let's get out of here. We're done. And then Eternals was just like, here's a bunch of info dump. I don't think people are going to get it. It was a packed theater for Eternals, which was good to see. But weird movie. <laughs> weird movie, man. Then we had the French Dispatch. Again, it's an, it's a quieter one I went to because it's Wes Anderson. You're not going to see this one unless you are a fan of Wes Anderson. So it was cool. And it was kind of interesting to see the way that all played out. It was a good theater experience. Everybody was kind of like different there. Everyone who went to see this film was somebody who wanted to see this film. And that's always a nice experience, I think. Then after that, we had Spencer, which again, the only man in the audience. Absolutely great experience. It was just so calm and easygoing, and you're just experiencing this film. Everyone was so entertained. Everybody was just digging this. I love Spencer. When we get to my top 10 of the year, a lot of these films are going to be on that list too, but it's going to be fun to talk about. Belfast was another great experience. I think I was the youngest person in the audience for Belfast. And it was just, that's, I like doing that because a couple times I will go see like a classic film when they're playing in a cinema. I went to see My Fair Lady with one of my friends. And I'm pretty sure when we saw My Fair Lady, we were the only men in the audience under the age of 40. Everyone else was over 40. And I was just like, that is, that's really cool. Because it says something about yourself going to that when you're like the young person. You're like, I'm either so arrogant that I know this better than young people, or it's like, I'm trying to make an effort to like this thing. And either way you do it, it's really cool. So that experience was really fun too. That was like four years ago though. So I'm not going to really talk about it. But Belfast, it was just, it's always nice to be one of the younger people in the crowd because you just get a different appreciation for stuff like that. After that, I went to see House of Gucci. And you guys know I did not like that film. And part of it might be I was just having a terrible stomach problem. And the very end of the movie, I just had to fucking burst out of there and take a massive shit in the bathroom at that Cineplex. 
I really, well, the film was bad itself. And like literally like 40 minutes in the projector stopped for like 40 seconds. <laughs> then it just turned back on right when they're having a gruesome sex scene on top of like her dad's desk. I'm like, okay, that's what I'm in for. Okay. And then a massive shit right after the film. <laughs> but it was just, that was an okay one. I will say. And that's really recent. I did see West Side Story, which was a really nice experience. I was one of the few people in the theater that was really cool. I haven't done my review for West Side Story at the time of this recording because I saw it very later than a lot of people. But I will say it is a shame that that film is not getting more buzz or more money because it's fantastic. I think the perfect film to end on up to this point. Now, I haven't seen Nightmare Alley at this point. I haven't seen any of the other last minute releases like King's Matter Matrix. Up to this point, the last film I saw in theaters was Spider-Man No Way Home. And I want to talk about this theater experience because it leads into something that I actually don't like. I do not like an audience that cheers when things happen in a film. If there's a joke, laugh. If there are some good moments, laugh. But I hate when like, somebody comes on screen and the entire theater erupts into laughter or erupts into cheers. Fuck off. You can do that on your own time. We all know it's coming, so you don't have to fucking acknowledge it. Just shut the fuck up. It ruined Endgame for me with that entire energy, and it ruined Infinity War for that energy for me, but I just think the Spider-Man crowd was just so electric that it upset me in a way that I didn't like. It was electric in the way that having a group of kids screaming at the theater or just talking amongst themselves bothers me. It's just like, look at all these people who are way too fucking engaged in this shit to really understand that what they're doing is wrong, and I did not enjoy that, and it definitely took a lot of things away for me. But the movie was fine, and I think that is just an annoying quality that this film had. And I, like I said, up to that point, that is every film I saw this year. It's not a lot, but I think there's a notable amount in there. And there's some good stuff, there's some bad stuff, and man, weird year. So let's kind of briefly talk about what I want to see going further into the future with cinemas. I think there needs to be a change. I, I honestly think there should be more restrictions with people and like the amount of people in the theater. If, you know, Omicron does affect things again, half of half capacity would be nice. If we see things changing, lower prices would be good. Like everyone's doing like these, these movie passes now where you like get a monthly subscription. That doesn't change anything. You're still paying the same price, but it, it does affect your viewing a little bit. So... That kind of sucks, but it, it's a standard for these things now, which does bother me. But there's a lot to look forward to in the future of cinema, and I think we're headed in the right direction for a lot of stuff. I know my outlook has definitely improved on some of these things. I've had so many great moments in the theater this year, both with people and without people, both collective groups just analyzing and seeing something like with Malignant or Lamb, or when you're just watching something by yourself and it's moving you in a different way like when you're watching Eternals or The Green Knight there's just a lot of great stuff that happened in cinemas this year and I think the experience to me has moved from one of negativity where I'm not going to go see It Chapter 2 and have a good time to I'm genuinely excited to see what Scream is going to bring for me which is kind of fun it's nice that I can have that shift and still feel the connection I just enjoy that a lot, and I, I cannot wait to see what's coming next from theaters, so that's very cool to me, and I cannot wait to see what's coming next, guys. That's very exciting. Now, normally, I end things by talking about, you know, my recommendations and stuff, but I want to end things instead by saying, 
go to your local cinema and just see what's playing. Maybe you've already seen Spider-Man if that's the only thing playing there, but maybe check out Nightmare Alley, you know, maybe check out Belfast if it's still playing. There's a lot of good films out there that came out this year. And you should go check them out because it's it's important to support your local cinema. Yes, you can go see your favorite blockbuster, but see that quieter independent film that maybe you've been putting off or maybe you just haven't had the time to see. Support theaters because they are the reason we get to watch this stuff and enjoy these big movies. But they are also independently owned and it's good to support you know your local theater or like a local business owner. That stuff is important too and it's things that we should celebrate. So thank you guys so much for watching this episode of The Geek Wave. Be sure to like and subscribe to the channel. And if you're listening to this on the podcast feed, please give us a rating over there. It definitely helps out. As always, you can check me out on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And I will catch you in the next one. Have fun, stay safe, good luck, and go enjoy some bloody good movies.